Hello and welcome to the Life 365 podcast. That's L-Y-F-E for living your faith every day because faith is not just for Sundays. We live what we believe every day. My goal is to inspire those who are willing to believe a better life for themselves and for those around them because the battle is won or lost in our beliefs. Now, if you remember, I am not attempting to change anyone's beliefs. I'm merely hoping to begin a conversation, expand some perspectives, and encourage us all to think just a little bit higher. Today, there is a very serious topic that I want to approach, and I want to approach this as compassionately as possible. Today, I want to talk about grief and loss. Watching the public mourn Kobe and other celebrities, and even watching those close to me struggle with huge losses, whether it's the death of a loved one, the perceived death of a dream, or the loss of something that just may not end up being, I wanted to speak on this and hope that we could possibly begin to ask ourselves, how do we live our faith? in the face of loss. Now, first, I want to say that we do have to do the grieving. I don't want anyone to hear that I am saying you can fast forward through grief, you can skip grief, you can ignore your feelings because that gets to be very dangerous. And even in some um, 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 spiritual circles, there are people who will say, Um, let go and let God get over it as if your feelings that you're having are not okay with God. So I want to make sure that I'm making the distinction that that's not what I'm saying. If you remember when Jesus went to the grave um, of Lazarus, knowing full well that he would raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus wept. Now, we don't know why he wept because it doesn't say why he wept at the grave. I believe that it was him saying that it's okay to cry when there's loss. It's okay to have human emotions. Our emotions are undeniable. If you try to go through life without emotion, good luck. I believe that we let our emotions be our indicators and not our dictators. We want to make sure that we are not um, succumbing to our emotions only, not letting our emotions run the show, but being very clear that our emotions are telling us something. And when we have suffered a loss, especially when it's the death of a loved one, what those feelings are telling us is that it hurts. It hurts to go on without them. It hurts because they're no longer here. But I believe that if we can also let some other information in, we can transform even our grief process. Now, I told you that I wouldn't speak about my credentials. You could always go to my website for that. But I do want to let you know that I studied counseling and I'll get my certificate in the summer. Um, Not because I wanted to be a counselor, which is why I'm not going to go through licensing and all of that. I really wanted to understand how we suffer and how we heal. Because I don't want to just give out information 
off of the top of my head or based on my life alone. I studied this because I really wanted to help people, help myself, help my family live better. So grief has some very predictable stages and you can even Google the stages of grief and you'll find um, quite a few variations of what these actual stages are. The one that I like the most is a grief model that has seven stages. The first being shock and denial, and that's um, pretty self-explanatory. When we lose someone or something, there's shock, there's denial. We can't believe it and we don't want to accept it. The next would be pain and guilt. Um, there's pain, there's um, because it hurts, like I said, or guilt because we're wondering, did I do enough? Did I say enough? And if the relationship was um, not perfect, you'll question or you could question all of that. Same thing with uh, a physical loss or the loss of a job or an opportunity. You may feel like, man, if I was smarter, if I was better, that's all very normal. That's a stage of the process. The next is anger and bargaining. Um, anger says, why did this happen? Like, I'm angry. I didn't want to give up my loved one. I didn't have enough time. This isn't fair. That is normal. And then the bargaining is when you do things like, man, if I could just have another chance, I would do X, Y, Z. If I could just get this job, if you would just let them take me back. We do that bargaining thing with God, asking him to let our reality be something different than what the reality um, really is. And then moving on down the stages, the next one is depression, reflection, and loneliness. The closer you get to accepting the loss, it would seem like it's getting better, but sometimes it can seem like it's worse because you're really letting that void be there. Those first few steps when you're in shock, when you're in denial, when you're in pain, when you're in guilt, when you're angry and you're bargaining, and you can bounce around around those stages. They, it's not always a straight line. It's more like circles, peaks and valleys, ups and downs. You can bounce around in that place for uh, quite a bit of time. When you start getting to acceptance, that's when the whole becomes apparent. That's when sometimes it can feel worse than it did in the beginning. That's when sometimes the grief can creep back up and it's like, man, I should be past it. Sometimes we stay in those other phases because we don't want to accept it. You can stay in shock. You can stay in pain. You can stay in anger because you don't want to accept the loss because accepting it makes it real in our minds. And if you're fighting that, if you tell yourself that accepting the loss is a bad thing, then you want to stay in those other areas. But when you move towards acceptance, you can have some depression, you can have some loneliness, but you also have a time to reflect. Sometimes it's a sad reflection. And when it's a sad reflection, that's when it can overtake you. The next few stages of the grief model that I like offer some hope because there is an upward turn. 
as you start adjusting, as you start accepting, it can be an upward turn. As you start reflecting on, I'd rather deal with what was instead of what wasn't. I'd rather deal with the beautiful times we had than to deal with the tragedy of the loss. I'd rather let this person live forever in my heart than to just dwell on the fact that they're gone because really our spirits never die. I lost my dad in 96 and there are some people who may not know that my dad isn't here because of the way I talk about him. I talk about him in present tense. I talk about his love for me. I, I, I live in the good times. Now, please know, because what I don't want to do is set myself up to say, oh, just be like me. I'm the model for perfection. If you keep coming back to this podcast, you're going to hear how often and how many times I fail at so many things. So I am in no way saying that this is the perfect way to be. And I am the example. I am the leader. That's not my goal. What I'm hoping is if there's anything that you can take and look at your situation and say, maybe I could invite that perspective in and be helped, then that was my goal. That was my desire. So I think what prepared me for being able to accept death is that growing up, I knew I had a sister that died before I was ever born. So even as a child, I grew up knowing people could die. So I will go ahead and let everyone know the way I handle death is probably a little more different than the way most people have handled death because it having that sister die before I was born made me aware of death such that I expected everyone to die early. I expected myself to die early. I expected my children to die early. And even though I wasn't afraid of it, it was always on my mind. So I don't see death like something that won't happen. And really and truly, everyone is going to die. Death is as much a part of life as babies being born. I'm not saying that to be callous. I'm saying that that's kind of how I grew up seeing death. I know that there are people who never thought about death and when their loved ones are taken away, it is a struggle, especially if they've never dealt with death before, especially if they don't like it, they don't want to accept it. And my heart goes out to all of that. And then there are so many different ways that people can die. Sometimes people die suddenly and unexpectedly. Sometimes it's after a prolonged illness. But really, there is no way that a person can leave here when you're not ready for them to leave and it be okay. So what can we do? What kind of insight can we gain? The Bible says that we should number our days. Now, we don't know how what number anyone has, but everyone is born with a number on their head. There are people who leave here after 70 years. There are people who leave here after 15 or 10, or we take Kobe's daughter, how young she was. We don't know how many years a person has. So I think what we can do in the face of knowing that death is an inevitability is to live well and to love well.
Don't put off telling people how you feel about them. Don't put off throwing that party. Don't put off using your good dishes. We don't know what the future holds for any of us. So if we can take anything positive from the inevitability of death, it's to love well. It's to um, really celebrate life. So when we're faced with a loved one that we've lost and we're struggling with accepting that, I think one of the greatest things we could do to honor their life is to use ours. I was in a Facebook group and the question was asked if we ever got over loss. And there were many people who said, no, you never get over it. Your life is forever altered and you will carry that pain until death. That was hard for me to believe and accept because I have children. Now, thinking about losing your parents, if you're close to them, there are people who will say, I am going to mourn this for the rest of my life. Um, People who have grandmothers and I never had that close grandmother relationship. So again, those of you who do, I am not going to make light of the pain that that causes. That's a situation that I can't speak on. But what I can say is this, I have children. I would not want them one single day stuck in pain and refusing to live fully because I am no longer here. I have to tell my son who loves me and I tell him all the time he could probably love me a little bit less and I'd still be okay. I have to tell him, son, I don't want you thinking your life is over if I leave here. And he'll argue with me. And I don't know how true that was. I really hope that he wouldn't be stuck in grief, but I've seen people who are stuck in grief. So I know that's a possibility. I would want them to take every lesson that I'd ever taught and live it. I wouldn't want them to stop because I'm no longer here. I would want them to live fully the life that I always wanted them to live when I'm no longer here. Because really, if we internalize that person that we love, we really take them with us. So it might not even be a death that you're stuck on. It could be that it's another kind of loss. Maybe you think your opportunity at a dream is over. My son sent me a a, a video clip of a man who had uh, an idea for uh, an improvement on a car and he sold it for a little bit of money and ended up broke. And then Mercedes Benz took that patent and made millions or billions with it. And here he was, it was his idea. His patent had expired. They made lots of money off of it. And here he was stuck. The man was so stuck and so heartbroken that his idea didn't come to fruition the way that he thought so much so that the reporter tried to reach out to Mercedes to say, hey, don't you want to do something for this guy? It was his original patent here. You can see it. It expired. You guys picked it up. And last I checked, nothing happened for him. And so everyone was saying how tragic that was, how unfair that was. And um, they were like, they should have done something for him. What I saw that was tragic was that he had one great idea. He never believed he had another one. That was the greater tragedy to me. 
If he had that much ingenuity, he had that much intellect, all of the years that he mourned that one loss, he could have been creating. Because if he was meant to die when that idea died, he would no longer be here. The fact that we open our eyes another day says you still have purpose. And I know it's hard. I know living in the face of loss is hard. I've had to do that myself. But if we are still here, we still have purpose. And that loved one is, I believe, cheering us on and wanting us to see that purpose come to its desired end. So I hope that as we go through life and we go through loss, that we find a way. If you're stuck in grief, please don't go through by yourself. There are grief counselors who specialize in helping you move through the stages. And how you know you're stuck is if you're not moving through the stages. Give yourself a bit of time to grieve every day. If it's if if you have lost something significant, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a idea, whether it's a job, anything. If you've lost something and it hurts you, you don't get that grief to go away by denying it. You have to give it expression, but you can't let it take over. So give yourself time to grieve, but also make sure that you make yourself do the other things that's going to heal you. Make sure you're still living. Make sure you're still going out of that house. Make sure you're still looking out into this big blue sky and realizing that you're still here, feeling the sun on your face and knowing that you still have purpose. Make sure you still feel alive because if you're not careful, you can get stuck in a rut and you're no longer living. If you can't do it by yourself, get some help, but you want to make sure you're moving because the fact that you are still here says someone needs what you have to offer. So so to end our talk today, I want to close with a thought. Uh, Job said in the Bible, a man that's born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. And what he was speaking to is how very short life really is and how unpredictable trouble can be. We're all going to have to walk down that road We don't know the number that's on our heads is only known to God. We don't know the things that we are going to be called to face. Only God knows. And we surely don't know what our brothers and sisters are going through. But I think the lesson in all of that is that we can decide to live differently in the face of it. We can decide that If we know death brings sorrow, we can develop an appreciation for what we have in our lives, the opportunities that we have, and definitely the people that matter most to us, we can make the most of those times. Death teaches us that people are struggling. How they die can give us a very clear picture of what they're going through. It can remind us to be more compassionate. 
It can remind us to take care of ourselves. It can remind us to get our stuff in order, get a living will, write out your wishes, make your wishes known to your spouse. It can teach us to make differences in the world by the way we use our purpose against the pain that we know that's out there. And it can teach us to live courageously because someone is out there wishing that they had the opportunities that we had. Someone is on their deathbed wishing they had just two good legs and a good mind. So it just teaches us to make the very most of the times that we have. And it also reminds us of our own mortality. We too will have to go this way. We have to live with the end in mind. And I like to say whenever I preach funerals that we are living our own eulogy. If you want to be spoken well of, now you don't want to rearrange your whole life just to get people to speak well of you, but you do want to live how you want to be remembered. So the challenge that I will give to each and every one of us, if you know someone who has suffered a recent loss, and it might not be too recent. You, It may have been six months ago. It may have been even a year ago. Ask them how they're doing sincerely. Give them a time to, t- to talk about it if they're open. And just let's really care for people who are grieving. And if someone has recently had a loss, be sure to check on them. Be sure to pray for them. And when you, you don't have to necessarily tell them that you're praying, which you can, but more than anything, tell them that you care. Tell them that you're thinking about them and just take time and make time to do so. Because when we do that, we can transform the world around us. So until next time, let's really live what we believe. Let's be the people we intend to be. Let's Think higher and inspire those around us to do the same. God bless.